or not, that's never the issue. Um, you need to be aware of how big an issue that is to God. And uh, not in a health, wealth, and prosperity way, but in a stewardship and investment way. Last week I spoke to you about false religion, the religions of the world, and how it's completely and utterly distinct from biblical Christianity. And uh, as promised, I told you this week we would talk about pseudo-Christianity, the Christian religion, um, which is false, uh, which much of modern Christianity is involved in. Much of what is called modern Christianity is apostate. Um, if you are biblically literate, you, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. You understand exactly why we went to Galatians chapter 6. So, let me just review a couple of points from last week. Um, as I shared with you, the word religion to me is a negative. It's a derogatory, it's a pejorative term. Um, yeah, if you read the dictionary definition, it sounds, it sounds like some legitimate stuff. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't take my lead from man's dictionary. I take my, my lead from, from God's Word. And if you actually read the Bible, you realize that God hates religion. He's interested in relationship, not procedure. Uh, he's interested in knowing you and you knowing Him. He's not interested in what religious things you've done or professed to believe. God could, be, uh, could not be less interested than He is in whatever religion you think you may be practicing to please Him. So, I just want you to understand, when I'm talking about religion, it's a negative to me. And I think it would be for anyone who understands particularly the Old Testament. I was meditating on this this week and I thought of an old uh, quote. This guy is a 17th century theologian, Matthew Mead. This is what he says. And I really love it. He says, No man was ever kept out of heaven for his confessed badness, though many will be kept out of heaven for their supposed goodness. We know how Jesus condemned the religious men of His day. In fact, we know that it was religion that killed Christ. Um, that was the primary driving force that put Him on the cross. You know, a lot of people say, well, a little religion won't hurt. I... I I contend that a, relig a little religion will take you straight to hell. Okay? A little religion will take you straight to hell. We talked about it last week. All religion, apart from biblical Christianity, which is based on relationship, not on procedure, it's Satan's best con. It is Satan's best scam. And he takes billions to hell with him uh, using... Not only the false world religions, but false or pseudo-Christianity. Again, I, I want to make this statement. I want you to hear me clearly. Biblical Christianity is completely, utterly, totally unique in the world. It's the living God coming to save His people. Okay, It's not lost man trying to reach up to God. It's God coming down for His people. Okay, it, it's, it's unlike any other... 
so-called religion in the world. As I've been saying, as I've already said several times, man-made religion, it's always about what men do. It's procedural. Biblical Christianity is about what God has done. It is relational. Religion is creature-conceived and man-centered. Biblical Christianity is God-conceived and God-centered. As we noted, uh, there is one source of religion. I've already mentioned it. His name is Satan. It started in Genesis chapter 3. Indeed has God said... And Satan comes questioning the Word of God. Now, if you're in the world at all, if you roll out of bed on a regular basis, <laughs> you know that the world is always casting aspersions on the Word of God. All false religions cast aspersion on the Bible, and even much of self-professed Christianity edits and deletes and omits and amends the Word of God, which is a, obviously an obvious signal that you're dealing with pseudo-Christianity. Satan is the source of all human religion. Again, we saw it in the garden. We saw it in the attack of God's Word. And as we talked about, I hope that's why you come to this little bitty church, because we preach the Bible. Eve had all she needed. Yes. Satan is uh, hes wily. He's clever. But Eve had everything she needed. She had God's Word. And what I want to say to you, you don't get to blame it on Satan in the world. <laughs> it's all on you, man. you got what you need. So don't blame Satan for your sin. You have all you need. You have the Word of God. It's just a matter of whether you love it and you treasure it and you will hold it close and you will know it and you will live it. That's really all it comes down to, right? <laughs> right? As I said to you last week, shame on you if you claim to be a Christian and you don't know what the Bible says. You'll have to talk to God about that when you see Him, which will be very soon as compared to the eternity that awaits us. So she had all that she needed and she decided she wasn't going to trust and believe God. And you say, well, Jim, that's not what I mean when I consciously sin in the world. That's exactly what you mean. It means you don't care what God says. Your deeds speak way louder than your words or your confessions or your religious performance. Again, God's not interested in your religious performance. He's interested in knowing you and loving you and for you to walk with Him. So, Satan is the father of human religion. And it always comes down, as I, sh I just want to make this last point in review, it always comes down to what the false religion says about Jesus. That's how you know that it's false. It's how you know it's demonic. Because they'll always tell a lie about Jesus. Uh, for instance, if they say He's less than God, it's demonic. 
Jesus clearly claimed to be God. We're not supposed to talk like this. We're supposed to be so tolerant that we don't speak truth. We're so, supposed to be so tolerant that we don't mind if our friends and family and neighbors and colleagues are on their way to hell. We don't because we want to be seen as tolerant. This is like the, 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 the epitome of virtue in the modern world. I'm tolerant. Hey, you can be tolerant. We, can, we don't disrespect people, but what we do is actually love them enough to share the truth with them. So, just wanted to make those comments in review. And just, again, let me just say this. I want, I want to say this. I want to uh, stick it back to John 8. If a religion says anything different than what God has said in the Bible, it's false. If it's false, it's a lie. If it's a lie, it's from Satan. He is the father of lies. John chapter 8. God is unambiguous, okay? 1 John chapter 2, 22-23. Listen to what God says. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? It's what I just said to you. If any world religion denies that Jesus is the Christ, he continues, this is the Antichrist speaking. Okay? Why am I talking about all this? Because some of you are passing through here and you have some notion that all religions are good. And all religions are leading to the same place. And all religions offer redemption. And all religions offer reconcile, reconciliation to God. That is categorically false. It's what Satan wants you to believe. But it is false. And I want to reiterate, we are a peace-loving and kind people. We don't persecute anyone. But we will stand and lovingly say the truth. This is what Christians, this is what real Christians do. Right? This is what real Christians do. To anyone who would listen, we're happy to share the truth with them. So, obviously, Satan's proud of the world religions. Man, he's taking billions to hell. He loves it. But I think he may be even more proud of pseudo-Christianity in all of its varied forms. I can just almost hear him laughing himself to death about it. Pseudo-Christianity takes the, God, uh, the Word of God and it adds a little bit here and it takes a little bit away there. It ignores that, edits that, amends that ignores that. And what you have then is a false denomination. That's what you end up with. So let me, let me say this. I want you to hear me. Whether it's the ritualistic, works-based, sacramental system of Roman Catholicism, which is clearly... I don't think I even have to make that case. If you know anything about Roman Catholicism, you know they have taken God's Word and they have added a ton of junk to it. Right? I'm talking a ton of junk. It's the antithesis of the biblical Gospel. The biblical Gospel is that we are saved by grace through faith. Right? Right? Not in Roman Catholicism. You've got to do the sacraments, man. And, and you gotta, you, you got to do the works, man. you you got to do that stuff. It's a work system. It's a sacramental 
works system. If it's the liturgical mysticism, superstition, and icon worship of Eastern Orthodoxy, and I, I, I get everybody, I'm pulling everybody in here. Let me indict the Protestant church. The liberal, cheap grace, cotton candy, name it and claim it, word of faith genres of modern Protestantism. These are not the biblical gospel. Roman Catholicism, Eastern Orthodox. And apostate Protestantism, these are not the biblical gospel. These are another gospel. And you heard the text read, what does Paul say? If anyone comes to you with a different gospel, let them be accursed. Let them be damned. This is as strong as it gets in God's Word. Paul says, let them be damned. There is zero tolerance in the Bible for false gospels. Zero tolerance. And Paul makes it as clear as he can make it. God makes it as clear as he can make it through, the, through his apostle. Even if an angel appears to you from heaven, an angel of light appears to you and presents another gospel other than the one that is right here in the Bible. Let them be accursed. Let them be damned. This is how serious this is, beloved. This is how serious this is. I was reading. I'm going to turn there real quick. Uh, you don't have to go with me, but 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, but I am afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve by craftiness, your minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus, you know, Karen says, Jim, you're always talking about the cartoon Jesus. It's because he's so prevalent in what is called Christianity. Right? The Roman Catholic Jesus, the Eastern Orthodox Jesus, or the apostate Protestant Jesus. They're all a figment of Satan's imagination and billions believe it. Because they don't know this and they don't own this. Traditions are just... You know, it's like I tell you, religion's just easier. Religion's easier. Oh, I believe some stuff. I did some stuff. I'm good to go. <laughs> Christianity is... I know Him, I love Him, and I'm going to walk with Him for the rest of my life. Religion's just way easier. It's just way easier. You do the thing, you stick it in your back pocket, and then, you know, when you die, you got it. It's in your back pocket. It won't do you any good. Christianity is... Biblical Christianity is completely different. It's another Jesus, he says. I'm still reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Whom, you, whom we have not preached, or you received a different spirit, a different gospel. Then I'm going to jump over to verse 13, uh, 2 Corinthians 11. For such men that preach this are false apostles. They are deceitful workers. They disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. And you guys know this famous verse. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. 
Listen, I don't care how cool their robes are, how neat their hats are, and how big their, you know, cathedrals are. If they're not on this, let them be damned. You say, Jim, that's strong. These are not my words. These are the words of the Apostle Paul written in the Holy Bible. Let them be accursed. That's what's at stake, beloved. Every time I preach the Gospel, everything forever is at stake. Okay? And don't you dare. So you're accountable now. <laughs> don't you dare go to a false church where they've taken away or they've added to. You're accountable now. For those of you who didn't know, I suspect all of you did. But if you didn't know, you know now. It's, you're accountable to God where you go to church and what you put in your mind and what you put in your heart. You're accountable to God. And you're supposed to know the Word well enough, right, that when you hear uh, untruth, when you hear the pseudo-teachings of the false churches, you hear it and you get out. You, you take your family and you run as fast as you can. Beloved, this matters. I, I think that's why I'm preaching it. This matters. It matters to you. It matters to your friends and your families. So, zero tolerance in the Word of God. Any false teacher, let them be damned. Basta. You say, Jim, we're supposed to be loving. Yes, we are loving. But we're loving enough to speak the truth. I'm not speaking the curse. God is speaking the curse. God curses the false teacher. God curses the false apostle. God curses these men and women who bring, you know, in the name of Jesus, they bring this false message that it's all about you. And God just wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that's really all God cares about. And that's His first priority in your life. Man, these people are from hell. These people are from the pit of hell. I'm telling you. You need to be careful with these things. You need to be careful, beloved. I'm going to read Galatians 6 just one more time, those verses there. 6 through 9. Paul says, I'm shocked that you're so quickly deserting the truth. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. For a different gospel. These guys are distorting the gospel. But even if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. If any man is preaching a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Listen, we don't profess to have a corner on the truth here, but we do know how to open the Bible and read it. That's all we do here. Anytime I'm in error, I invite you to come and talk to me. Because if I'm in error, I need to be corrected. But you're going to have to show me from the Word of God where I'm in error. Okay? You're going to have to show me where I am in error. I'm teachable. I'm happy to be taught. Because if I'm wrong, I'm happy to change my sermon tomorrow. So, have you ever studied through Galatians or Colossians? <laughs> it's like between the lines. You can hear the Apostle Paul saying, don't you dare add anything to Christ. You know, the Catholics can't stop adding things to Christ. They just simply can't stop themselves. I don't know a whole lot about Eastern Orthodoxy. I have a friend that, that teaches in seminary over in Ukraine. 
He says, man, it's just blatant mysticism, you know? It's just, it's just a lot of mysticism and tradition. You need, you need to be biblically literate. And you need to be able to talk about these things. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's like Paul says, don't you dare any, add anything to the biblical gospel. Right? By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15, Paul writes, For such men are false apostles, as I read to you earlier, deceitful workers, dis- disguising themselves as apostles. Yeah, so, I, I grant these are strong words. These are strong words. But these are the words of God's apostles. Not my words. So, what has happened in the New Testament church is not unprecedented. It happened in the Old Testament. And I want to give you just a brief summary of... I want you to see it in the Old Testament, and then I want you to see it in the New Testament. If you're, new, if you're Old Testament literate, you, you know about these things. How the Jews went into gross idolatry, or just brain-dead, heart-dead religion. Um, how... It just simply became ritualistic, ceremonial, and procedural. Um, And that is where much of what is called modern Christianity is today. Let me just share a couple of verses with you very quickly. Jeremiah 6, 13-15. Don't go there, but if, if you want my notes, I'll be happy to send them to you. Listen to God speak through His prophet. For from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for gain. He's talking about ministers, priests. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they have done? They were not ashamed at all. They did not even know how to blush. Therefore, they, they shall fall among those who fall, and at the, at the time that I punish them, they shall be cast down, says God. God's talking about the ministers. There's this gross naivete in much of Christianity. If the Pope says it, oh, I guess it's right. Or if Jim Albright says it, oh, I guess it's right. No! No! You... You gotta understand that what I'm saying is either from the Word of God or it, it uh, agrees with the Word of God. It agrees with the principles of the Word of God. There's this naivete in, in much of the, the world that, you know, well, the preacher said it. It must be right. It probably isn't right. Depending on what church you attend. Unless you attend a church that is on this and this alone. There's more false preachers out there than there are true. And those of you who, who have shopped around to find a biblical church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Jeremiah 20. God says, Woe to the shepherds and the prophets and the priests. They are polluted. It's the same in the New Testament right now. The New Testament church. I found wickedness in my house, God says. They have done offensive and horrible things. They lead into futility. They speak of their own imag- from their own imagination. They intend to make my people forget me. You know, it's like, it's like, it's all about you. We're not going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about you. 
And Jesus is here to make your life better. It's not really about God, it's about you. This is much of the modern church. And I know God hates it. I mean, I, I, I'm just indwelt by the Holy Spirit and I bow up against it. I can imagine what God Himself must feel about it. Quickly, Malachi chapter 1 and chapter 2, just some quick excerpts. God says, where's my respect? Where's my respect from the priests? And He says, let me just for the sake of time condense this. He says, the lips of a priest should preserve knowledge and men should seek instruction from his mouth. He should be a messenger of God. But as for you, you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by the instruction. You have corrupted the covenant I have made with you. Old Testament, it was pervasive. New Testament and the modern church, it's pervasive. And it's your responsibility to know what the, ch the church you attend teaches. It's your responsibility. It's part of your stewardship before God. Well, I like to go to the happy church, and I like to go to the church that tells me that God is working full-time to make my life perfect. I, I, like that, I like my ears to be tickled. I want it to be mostly about me. Yeah, a little bit about God, but mostly about me. And everything I want in my life. Hey, you know, you can, find a, you can find a church on every other corner that preaches that in the U.S. I don't know about your country. I don't know where you're from and what they do there. Second Peter, quickly. These false prophets arose in the Old Testament. They will arise among you, secretly introducing destructive heresies, and many will follow, listen, the sensu their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned, and because of their greed, they will exploit you with false words, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed. Hey, is that not, is that not uh, you know, relative to today? Is that not pertinent to, to, the, to what's going on in what is called modern Christianity? These greedy men. And God says their judgment is not idle and their destruction does not sleep for whom black darkness has been reserved forever. Listen, I don't want you guys to be naive. I suspect that most of you aren't. It doesn't matter what I say unless it agrees with God's Word. Then it matters a lot. <laughs> then it matters a lot. So, as I often say to you, we just care what God says in the church. I, I have a, just parenthetically, what, what happens on October 31? Does anybody remember? What is October 31? What is the celebration of October 31? Reformation. Very good one. Reformation Day. October 31st, what was it, 1517, Martin Luther nailed his 95 Thesis on the wall or the door of the church of Wittenberg. And do you remember what he was attacking? This is a perfect illustration. Do you remember what he was attacking? He was attacking the Roman Catholic Church and their non-biblical teaching about indulgences and purgatory. So how did they build St. Peter's Basilica? On the backs of poor people buying their way out of hell. Well, where can you find that in the Bible? Oh, guess what? You can't. 
but the Roman Catholics were happy to perpetuate a lie to build their cathedral for their own glory. Luther says, this is wrong. And he challenged the Roman Catholic Church, and the Roman Catholic Church put him on trial. And Luther said a beautiful thing, and this is my confession as well, I trust it may be yours. Um, Unless I'm convinced by Scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of popes or councils or anyone else because they often contradict each other. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I can do no otherwise. That's what we do here. (laughs) Okay? Uh, That's what we do. That's a perfect illustration. This whole indulgence thing. Hey, you can buy yourself out of hell, you know, out of purgatory, which purgatory doesn't exist. You're either in or you're out, you know. You you know, at death, there's no second chance. You don't get to come through purgatory. Hell is not redemptive. It's not going to burn the sin and wickedness out of you. Hell is not redemptive. Hell is punitive. The men and women in hell will hate God more than they hated Him when they were walking the planet. They'll hate Him more. It's not redemptive, beloved. Nobody's coming out of hell. Nobody's coming out. Do you see how damning? Do you see how damning that this false teaching can be? That's just one example from Roman Catholicism. So apostasy, apostasy rose in the Old Testament, and it flourished there. And let me tell you quickly, you know the text. I share it with you often. Isaiah 30. Why did it flourish? Why did it flourish? Isaiah 39 and 10. Because the people were rebellious. They were false. They refused to listen to the instruction of the Lord. They said to the prophets, prophesy to us in pleasant words, prophesy illusions. The people did not have an ear to hear the Word of God. So, you know, this is why false teachers and false preachers exist because the the people don't have an ear to hear the Word. It's why they exist. It's why they exist. They like their pleasant words and illusions. And listen to God. I'll, I'll just close out the Old Testament uh, sojourn with Amos five twenty one to twenty three. Listen to God. I hate it. God says, "I hate what you do. I hate. I reject your festivals. I do not delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer to me up burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. I will not look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs." I will not listen to the sound of your harps. God hates vain religion. God hates vain worship. He hates it, beloved. He hates it. One, because it blasphemes Him, and two, it takes people to hell. This stuff, this stuff matters. That's why I challenge you every week you come in here, don't come in here and be religious. (laughs) Please, don't come in here and be religious. So as Jesus arrives on the scene, Judaism is apostate, as I shared with you earlier. 
the authorities, the religious authorities, the priests and the Sadducees and the scribes and the Pharisees, they battled with Jesus during His earthly ministry and then they ultimately were instrumental in His death. In Mark 7, Jesus says, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites. You honor Me with your lips. You honor God with your lips. But your heart is far away from Him. In vain do you worship Me. The word vain, I looked it up. It produces no results. It is useless and it is fruitless. So I'm just going to ask you right where you're sitting. When you come in here to worship God and hear God's Word preached, is it creating fruit in your life? Is it producing a result in your life? This is what God intends. Right? That it would produce a result in your life. If it's not producing a result in your life, it's vain. God's not interested in it. God's not interested in your vain worship. He's not interested in your doctrines uh, and precepts of men. He's not interested in your traditions. Again, Mark 7, you can go read it for yourself. You, you know Mark 23, Jesus said, Woe to you, religious people! You blind guides, you fools, you serpents, you vipers, you sons of hell, you whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones, full of uncleanness, uncleanness and lawlessness. Woe unto you eight times. Jesus says, woe unto you. Listen, there's zero tolerance here. I'm just saying, God has no tolerance for it. God has no tolerance for it. And you know what He says in John 8. I think we touched on it last week, so I won't go into detail, but he, he calls... Um, he's talking to the religious leaders and He says, man, you're of your father the devil. <laughs> he said, you, uh, you follow the father of lies. So we've made that point, I think. So why am I belaboring the point that that apostate clergy was prevalent in the Old Testament and New Testament? Again, because it's prevalent today. Most of you know that virtually every New Testament book deals with some kind of false or pseudo-gospel. You need to know and understand this. and You need to be alert for false teachers. And The only way you can be is if you know this. So I, I'm going to ask you to do this. If this is not, if this is not like, if you're not ear deep in this all the time, then I'm going to ask you, those of you who know him and love him, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment tonight to become a student of the Word of God, because you cannot walk with Christ if you're not. You will bail the first time it gets hard. If you don't know this, and if you don't know Him, and if you're not looking at God, as I've been saying it to the young adults, if you're not practicing all, you can't walk with Him. So I say, hey, if you're not serious about walking with Him, just get out. Don't call yourself a Christian in the world. Right? Because you're not one. If you're not learning this and you're not living this, you're not one. See, Jim, that's pretty strong. I say it in love. I say it in love, you know? It's because, you know, what happens to you matters to me. 
it actually matters to me. You guys know the famous text, <laughs> the Apostle Paul to Timothy, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. It happened in the Old Testament. It happened in the New Testament. I love Eugene Peterson, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. I love his paraphrase. He said, people will have no stomach for solid teaching, right? <laughs> people don't want to hear it. They're not going to come to hear solid teaching. But they'll fill up on spiritual junk food, right? That's what people want. Spiritual junk food. You know, tickle my ears. Make me feel good about myself. Tell me God is in the full-time business of blessing me materially. That's what I want to hear. Tell me that. And I'll come to your church. And I'll give a tithe. Man, there's going to be so much wrath on the last day. There's going to be so much wrath with these false teachers. There's going to be so much wrath. And for, and, and, and for the people who followed them. There will be much wrath. So how can you tell pseudo-Christianity when you, when you run into it? Three ways. I've already told you. They've got Jesus all wrong. Okay, He's a cartoon Jesus. He's a caricature of the biblical Jesus. He never says anything hard or threatening. He never confronts sin. He wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. Above all things, this is what He wants. He is a false Jesus. Hey, all you got to do is read the red words. Okay? I remember when I got converted at 28. I started reading the red words. It was like, wow! <laughs> you know, it's like, wow! He said that? Does He mean that? You know, the red words are, yeah. They're quite strong. Regarding the Bible, they'll use it sometimes if it serves their agenda. Roman Catholics use it. Uh, Eastern Orthodox use it. Uh, apostate Protestant denominations use it. But only you know, when it serves their agenda. Because they have an agenda. Their agenda is to survive on your backs. It's just an, an, an organizational agenda. We're going to continue to survive here on your backs. So they have a false Jesus and they don't hold to the Bible. Lastly, salvation. They always add stuff to it. It's stuff you have to do. It's procedural. It's, it's, you got to do the sacraments, man. You got to do, you got to pray the rosary, man. You got to do the ordinances. You got to be a member. You got to do, you got to do, you got to do. <laughs> and this is what Paul's battling in Galatians. Don't you add anything to the Gospel. The Judaizers were trying to add circumcision to the Gospel. And Paul says, man, if you go get circumcised, you've cut yourself off from Christ. You're basically saying, I don't believe Christ is enough. <laughs> That's basically what you're saying. Every time, every time anyone engages in, you know, some religious work to justify themselves before God, they have rejected the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. So, they take the Bible, they reinterpret it, they amend it, they edit it, they supplant it, they truncate it, they discount it, they supplement it, and they contextualize it. 
<laughs> Man, you can't even recognize it by the time they get finished with it. So, religion, false Christianity. It's important that you understand these things. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer them. Anything that you don't understand that I've said tonight, I'm happy to try to clear that up for you. But here's what I want you to understand as a Christian. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. That's it. That's it. You know, I, I preached on baptism a couple of weeks ago. Baptism doesn't save anyone. And anyone that comes to get to be baptized because they think it saves them, I have to tell them, it's not going to save you, man. You know, it doesn't save anyone. It's just a simple act of obedience to those who find themselves in love with Jesus Christ. So, let me just close with Ephesians 6. Here's Paul's admonition to us, okay? Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the, the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Beloved, I lovingly say to you, the God of the Bible has a zero tolerance when it comes to false teaching. And He expects you to be able to discern it because you are knowledgeable. You can, I can listen to a guy preach about five minutes and I know. That's not always true. Some of them are really, really good. It may take ten minutes. <laughs> but I know what he's preaching about. I know if it's about him and his church and Stroking you so you'll give. I know, I know if you, can, you can feel it, man. You know, if you've got the Spirit of God in you, you can feel it. So, this is a stewardship for us to know it and to know that God has a zero tolerance for it. If you have any questions, let me know. I'll be happy to answer them. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, the, the world tries to censor us in a backhanded way by calling us bigots and intolerant and this kind of phobe and that kind of phobe. Lord, I just pray we would love people enough to tell them the truth. We don't bludgeon people. We don't threaten people. We don't persecute people. We don't hound people. 
But Lord, help us to love people. Help us to warn, warn those that are caught up in false religion. Help us to warn those that are caught up in pseudo-Christianity. Because it's true, if we're Bible believers, we understand that everything forever is at stake. Nothing less than everything forever is at stake. So I pray that we would be Your mouthpiece in the world, Father. I pray that we would be courageous and bold, knowledgeable, loving, building relationships with the lost, that we might speak truth into whatever error they are immersed in. We want to be those kinds of people, Father. We pray that You'll help us in that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and I'll read a benediction and we'll be dismissed. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. It matters, beloved. It matters. If you have any questions, let me know. Have a great week. God bless you.